Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? I have a lot of agenda items to get through today. All right. So I'm going to run this like a town meeting. <laughs> Motion to proceed. All in favor? Yay! All opposed? First order of business. Clean up from the last meeting. I used the word basura in our last episode. I w- we were talking about football and how there was potentially a position called a sweeper that I referred to as a basura. I went to look that up because after I posted the episode, I was like, that just... Is that even a word? I was like, I can't believe I said that. Is that even a word? So I went to look it up and I couldn't find it. And so then I'm like, all right, well, let me start with the word broom and I'll just translate Mm -hmm. it. And I got vasuda with a V, V as in like violin. And I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I've never said that word with a V in my entire life. So I tweeted about it and posted it to our Instagram page with a poll for people to tell me whether they say vasura or basura because I was like I can't be the only one who's saying this word totally differently right I mean it could have been but people were very mixed and it brought up a whole conversation on swapping b's and v's in words I of course went to our our resident linguistic expert, Kyler, our former (laughs) guest from a few episodes ago. And I climbed right into his DMs and I was like, what is going on? And he said, honey, you just opened up a can of worms. (laughs) And I said, what do you mean? (laughs) And apparently, and this was from a bunch of people that were kind of coming into my DMs, but apparently like in Portugal, and this was kind of mainland Portugal conversation, but northern Portugal and southern Portugal, and I don't know where they draw the line, but there was some distinction that I think the northern side swaps the V's and B's, or they say words with a B that are supposed to be said with a V. And then in the southern part, they say it normally with a V the way it's supposed to. And it's not limited to just my Vasuda Basuda discussion. It was like people were throwing the word like vaca. They say vaca. Oh, that's weird. I was just weird. What? No. They say vinho. Oh, no. What? They said every V, like no matter where it is in the word, is said like a B. No, I'm not okay with it. So there was that discussion going on. And then, of course, that's all like mainland Portugal. But then I'm over here in the Azores and I'm just saying basura. But I say all the other words fine with a V. Like I say vaca and vinho and all that. Right. I'm like, how did that happen? And then people specifically on the broom line item were coming in and being like, oh, well, I'm from the Azores and I don't say Basota. And then like it was getting down to like the village and what village people were from. I don't know, man, like you could be from the same village and you could be saying some different shit than your neighbor. So I'm like, I don't know how some people say Basota and some people say Vasota. Well, like my parents kind of almost said both in a, in a weird way, like or I could be hear- hearing it wrong where I, maybe they said basura, but maybe because I'm a kid and I heard them say basura. Mm. So I always grew up saying basura too. I mean, the first thing I did was text my parents because I was like, there's no way they say basura. Yeah. And so I texted, I said, what do you guys call this? And I put like a little picture of a broom and I said, do you call it basura or basura? And my dad immediately responds basura with a V. And my mom, at the same time, she texted back. She said, oh, Azorian is Basuda with a B and Continent is Vasuda with a V. And I'm like, then why is your husband saying Vasuda with a V? He just disrupted your whole thesis, okay? And I was like, I also didn't believe that my dad said it with a V. So I called him after the text message exchange. And I was like, there is no way you say Vasuda. He was like, well, that's how it's said. I said, that's not the question I asked you. I didn't ask you what the real word is. And he's like, well, you know... Vo says Basuda and she I grew up always here in Basuda. And I'm like, okay, that's why I'm a Basuda family. <laughs> but then my relatives responded to the poll, like relatives from the same side of the family that I know says Basuda, and they responded saying Vasuda. And I'm like, I just don't understand. I don't know. I know I saw like a couple of family friends and they've they clicked on the Basuda. 
I was judging people based on what they clicked. <laughs> yeah, because I did look to see like anyone I knew personally just to see what they like, what they picked. So a lot of people that I knew personally that follow our Instagram page, they did click on Basuda. All the Basudas with a V, you guys are dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do we just think it's Basuda because room starts with a B? Like, is that just another made up word that we made? Like, I guess not, because if it goes back to like our parents, no, it's like another Makita Bashkita thing. No, I don't think so, because there is a whole thing called Betacism. It's a term in linguistics, meaning when you swap out the V's and the B's in a language. But then people were talking about how maybe it's a, a class distinction where poor people or uneducated people, you've never had the benefit of seeing the word written. So it's you have to go by sound and just what you hear people say. And it is tricky. Because even the Instagram story that I posted, there was a song that I tagged to go along with it on the story. And it was talking about Cobb Basura, which I don't know if that it sounded like it could have been a dirty song about somebody's broomstick. <laughs> but when he was singing, he was saying Basura because I saw it in the title of the song mm-hmm. with a V. And I was hearing it as like B. Basura. Okay. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like it's yeah. hard to distinguish. And that's probably what happened. And I want to say that's what happened to me because I know my parents say both like the V or the B, but I think I grew up hearing the V, but I thought it was the B, but I've always said Basura. There's no other word for it. No, it'll like, never be. I, I couldn't even conceptualize the fact that it, that word could have started with a V. If I married a man and I found out <laughs> that he used the word Basura, I'd be packing my bags. <laughs> No snoop. That's not right. It's Basura. <laughs> if you came from a Basura family, I'm all set. <laughs> it's like that meme that they have where it's like, oh, if your family runs the runs the marathon the day after Thanksgiving, I don't know if you ever see those. Well, I just texted you one this week. Uh, it was a very similar thing where somebody tweeted about how you can know somebody really well and be really close friends with them. And then all of a sudden you find out that they come from a Tylenol family. Yes, yes. And it was like going over different families and how they use different types of painkilling medication. Like you could be a Tylenol family or you could be an ibuprofen family or you could be, I don't know what, what else there was, aspirin or Aleve Excedrin, or something. I take Excedrin. <laughs> it's like you think you know someone and then you find out that they're a Tylenol family. <laughs> I am a Tylenol family. I have several. I have uh, a mixed concoction. <laughs> That's healthy. I don't recommend mixing anything not a doctor but i just i have it on standby i still don't feel great about the vasuda basuda debate like i didn't get all the answers i was hoping for i had more questions than answers but i'm gonna leave that i'm gonna table that discussion for now and go to my second order of business which was the christmas card situation so it was another post that i made on instagram receiving christmas cards in a bilingual family is a good reminder that even your closest relatives don't really know your name. Every Christmas card I've ever gotten for my entire life from my grandmother's or my tia's has had my name spelled incorrectly on it. Absolutely. I'm 35 years old. I've never gotten one. They've never spelled it correctly. (laughs) So my name is Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A. And they always, it's always some version of Melissa, M-A-L-I-S-A is what I get on the card. Growing up, my family called me Malena Melissa. Like my grandmother mm-hmm. would just be like, Malena Melissa, Melissa Malena. I don't know if that has anything to do with the, how they wrote my name, but they do not write it correctly. This is not a me thing. Like this has got to be a global experience. Global. <laughs> and that's why I put it out there. And folks came back with some really good stuff just to shout out some of the people who responded. So we had one say her name was Julia Megan. Her avo signs her cards, Julia Magon, (laughs) M-A-G-O-N. Not how she spells her middle name at all. And she also did say that her avo signs off on the cards with hawks and kisses, (laughs) H-O-C-K-S. Oh, which I thought was the cutest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) I will only be signing off with hawks and kisses from now on. I love that. Another one was our listener named Bella which is kind of it's Portuguese like B-E-L-A yeah 
So she's like, how do they mess it up? They put a second L. They like Americanize her name. Like there's she's just like, you just need to do the Portuguese version <laughs> and you'll be correct. You don't need to Americanize it and throw another L in there. So that's great. And then we have Cassandra. And this one threw me for a loop because I was going for different spellings, right? So Cassandra's family writes Sarah on her. <laughs> oh, Cassandra, they just gave up on you. <laughs> they just gave you a whole new name. And I said, wow, like I was thinking more of spelling issues only yeah. to give you a whole new name. And she said, I've had the spelling issue too. But seeing Sarah on my graduation card really did it for me. <laughs> Sandra, Sarah, Sandra, Sarah, you know, the S's. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, the name Dan, his Tia calls him Dennis. <laughs> he thinks it's because kind of like the pronunciation, like, ooh, Dennis. Yeah. It almost sounds like Dan, you know what I mean? I just think that's great also. Obviously, my name is Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y. So I get either, like I told you, either the C-E-L-Y or a K-E-L-Y. I always get like an L gets dropped, always. Well, there's no K in the Portuguese alphabet, right? So that's why I get the C. Did your grandmother send you a little something something? She So she sent me like a, you know, a little ring, a gold little ring, and it had a big letter C on it. <laughs> It's like a gold ring, like, and I'm like, this is not my name, though. So that's bad because if it's just like the writing on the outside of a carton that you're getting, yeah. but like, she went out of her way to purchase like a monogrammed piece of jewelry for you from Azores because they got mailed here. That's a lot of effort and money that she put into it without even checking that <laughs> <laughs> she was picking the right letter. You got a big C. I remember that. I was like, I'm not wearing this. This isn't my name. <laughs> I don't even have a C in my name at all. Like the last name, middle name, nowhere. No. <laughs> so I can't even justify that. What would it even stand for? Just like C for Kachad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love when we do those like little question and answers and we get our followers with their responses. And that's the whole point of this. And it's really fun to, to hear what you guys have to say. We always try to respond to every th- comment we get. So our next order of business is to kind of get into our episode content, which we promised we'd go back to Christmas themed episodes. So Kelly is going or Callie is going to cover. <laughs> More like Ah Kelly, because they always do that. Ah Kelly. Ah Kelly is going to cover. <laughs> it kind of sounds like you said R Kelly. <laughs> no. I don't like it. I don't like it. R Kelly is not going to cover anything. But... Our Kelly is going (laughs) to cover Krampus. And after Kelly covers Krampus, I will be covering liqueur, Christmas liqueur-ish vibe. So liquor and liquor adjacent things. Okay. Take it away, Krampus. All right. (laughs) Guys, get ready. So Krampus is a horns anthropomorphic figure who during the Advent season scares children who has been misbehaved. So it's a horned creature that has human characteristics. Krampus originated in the central and eastern alpine of Europe. Krampus is thought to come from either Bavarian for dead or rotten or from the German meaning claw. The history of Krampus figure has gone back to the 6th or 7th century. By the 17th century, Krampus had been incorporated into the Christian winter celebrations by pairing Krampus with St. Nicholas. Krampus night is on December 5th. The hairy devil appears on the street, sometimes accompanied by St. Nicholas and sometimes on his own. Krampus likes to visit homes and businesses. So unlike our North American version of Santa Claus, in these celebrations, St. Nicholas only concerns himself with the good children and Krampus is responsible for the bad children. St. Nicholas gives gifts while Krampus supplies coal and root. Root was like a like a birch rod. St. Nicholas rewarding the well-behaved children with gifts such as orange, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate. Those are not very good gifts. St. <laughs> Nicholas needs to step his game up, but continue. <laughs> I'll take the shkalat. So the badly behaved ones receive punishment from Krampus with birch rods. Not the greatest gifts either. <laughs> 
So Krampus appears in many variations. The most common are his physical characteristics. He is hairy, usually brown or black, and has cloven hooves and horns of a goat. His long pointed tongue lolls out and he has fangs. He carries chains thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? He carries chains. Chains. And he thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. <laughs> and sometimes the chains are accompanied by bells of various sizes. So you just think of this big horn, deviled mongrel <laughs> of an animal. You know what I mean? Right. But like human size, like walking around on his hind legs, I'm assuming. Yep. Sometimes with Santa Claus, sometimes not. <laughs> and then he's got chains, but he also has bells on it, like Salvation Army style. He's like <laughs> just shaking his little chain bells. Yep. So it gets better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sometimes Krampus appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back. This is to cart off the evil children for drowning, eating, or to transport to hell. He drowns them, eats them, or transports them to hell. Oh, yeah. So literally of your three options, going to, <laughs> going to hell it's is probably, probably the best. That's, I would think so, right? The other two, you die, right? Yeah. Yeah. Drowning and eating. But then do you die in hell? No, I think you just kind of just hang out there for eternity. <laughs> if you ask my Catholic parents, they would say yes. <laughs> okay. So I... I need to know, does he chew them before he swallows? Or is this like a you're just kind of floating around in the belly of a whale situation where you're still like whole and alive and you have a potential of getting back out? Because he eats them. So maybe he just does one big like full swoop bite and you're in there and you're in the belly. Yeah. I don't know. Listeners, let us know. (laughs) Let us know if you've encountered Krampus. If you or a loved one have been eaten by Krampus, please let us know. We have questions. We'd like to interview you. (laughs) After the 1932 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited. So in the 1950s, the government distributed pamphlets titled, this is the best. That's not the title, but titled this, Krampus is an evil man. (laughs) Not Krampus is fake, just Krampus is an evil man. Yeah. <laughs> Towards the end of the century, a popular resurgence of Krampus celebrations occurred and continues today. The Krampus tradition is being revived along with local artistic tradition of hand carved wooden masks. So like a lot of people wear um I've seen the wooden masks online and like in on movie they have a lot of like Krampus movies and they have these like wooden masks so it kind of looks like a devil's head almost. And that's like what they'll wear for these Krampus celebrations. Who is going out celebrating this? <laughs> I would. Who are we kidding? <laughs> you want to go put on a wooden devil mask and go celebrate a child eating devil man? I would go celebrate Krampus night. A few more things. Europeans have been exchanging greeting cards featuring Krampus since the 19th century. <laughs> so I love this. The cards usually have humorous rhymes and poems. It usually features him looming menacingly over children. He's also shown as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. Stop. <laughs> I'm like, dude, how do I get my hands on some of these greeting cards? <laughs> he has one pad normal and one hoof. One hoof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows how we can get these greeting cards, send them my way, please. <laughs> Let me know. There's ones with uh, sexual overtones. He's usually pursuing women, certain women on some of these cards of the big breasted nature. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Not only is he on the cards, he's on postcards and he's on candy containers. <laughs> so he appears in the folklore of Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Northern Italy, Slovakia, and Sylvania. North American Krampus celebrations are a growing phenomenon and it's still going on till this day so that was my little krampus give me your thoughts it's a wolf man symbolizes the devil goes around hand in hand with Santa claus down the streets do they ha- work off of like one list <laughs> to just share in the list be like oh hey did you stop at the smith's house all right i'll get the johnson's you get the smith's all right break <laughs> we'll meet back here in five like what is that even like I like how 
how they have like an evil man figure, human, humanoid, whatever it is, in all these like other countries, and we just have Santa Claus, and Santa Claus does like the good and bad kids. Where like other countries have Santa Claus or Krampus, right? So like their Santa Claus must be just good only, whereas like our Santa Claus is also doling out punishments. Yeah, our Santa Claus is dropping some coal in your stocking. Because how many times does our Santa Claus check the list for good and bad? Isn't he always checking that list? <laughs> checking it twice. We had a Krampus here who only have to check his list once. Right. And then he'd hand it off and he'd be like, you take the rest of these. Oh, that's so interesting, though, because, again, we're feeding and preying on tormenting children and traumatizing children. And they wonder why, like, we're so we're so messed up. (laughs) And like, it sounds pretty sounds pretty bad. Like if your three choices that you told me there at the beginning were eaten, drowned or taken to hell. Could you imagine? I know, like, what one would you pay? Well, it's like, so as a parent, let's say you have a naughty kid. That kid's gone. You ain't ever seeing that kid again. No matter which one of those things happens to little Johnny, he ain't coming back. Right. (laughs) So on that note, I decided to look into and talk about Le Couge. I like that we picked totally two different opposite things totally random well i wanted to kind of like bring it back to like kind of portuguese land a little bit so i i picked like one little topic to kind of get some interesting tidbits about the first thing that i did for this episode before we before we hit record was i poured myself a little calzang (laughs) (laughs) the word calzang in general i cannot find that it exists Okay. Like, I tried looking it up. Like, I don't know if I'm spelling it incorrectly, but I couldn't find calzane as a word. But that's that's absolutely what we call. Yeah, like a little, always. You have, like, a little liquor, a little shot. You go to somebody's house at Christmas time. Oh, it's tomorrow calzane. But when I try to type that out and spell it into, like, the Google Translate, it tries and telling not. me that I'm saying pants. And I'm like, I'm not saying. <laughs> oh, like calzish? Like calzish. Calzish, calzane, calzish. Okay. Like little pants. And I'm like, no. That's not, what I'm, that's not <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say calzing. So please, somebody explain to me what is a calzing and how do you spell it? Okay. Is that is that a made up word? Who knows, right? I think it's real. Well, we actually remember when we thought igneous was made up. I was just spelling it wrong. Right. Exactly. So I think I'm just spelling it wrong. Somebody could point me in the right direction for a calzing. <laughs> it would be greatly appreciated. And now, so the calzing, specific calzing that I am drinking for this episode is Le Cour de Ananage. I poured a little pineapple liqueur straight from made in Villafranca, San Miguel. I got it right from Ooh. the source. He let me taste it and then I purchased a bottle. I also have which will be my next calzane when I finish this first one. <laughs> Le Coup de Merikja, passion fruit liqueur. That one I probably would like, the Merikja. Oh, I love pineapple too. I mean, these are just like, they're basically small. They're very sweet. It tastes like juice. Yeah, so you can keep drinking it and then you don't realize how many calzanes you are already in, like how many calzanes you eat. Exactly. Also getting missed. Uh, on the podcast today. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I just took my first little baby step. I, I had it poured, but I hadn't started drinking it until I got to this part of the podcast episode. <laughs> One of the liquors that I want to talk about because I've seen it at every Portuguese person's house that I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. It's called Anish. Oh, this is why you texted Matt this morning. <laughs> Wait, did I text this to you this morning? Yes, you asked about it. I don't want to go into the text, but because I want you to tell your story. So anish, not like anus. I'm not saying anus. I'm saying anish. (laughs) It's a clear liqueur. Absinthe is also anise flavored spirit, but without the sugar. So absinthe is like a dry anise spirit, Mm -hmm. whereas the 
like the Portuguese makes an anise liqueur with a shit ton of sugar. Yep. The other liqueur that's kind of well known that's anise flavored is Sambuca, which is Italian. I did oh. not realize that because my family growing up used to just say Zambuca and like <laughs> the way they said it, Zambuca, like it sounded Russian. So like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have been mentally associating Zambuca with a Russian spirit, like vodka. Yeah. I don't think I I don't think I knew it was Italian either. I did not. Right. So of course I go down like, you know, the rabbit hole like I do. So I started in on Sambuca. My family used to light their Sambuca shots on fire, specifically yeah. Sambuca. Like they would light it on fire and then they would all just like, I don't know if it, I don't know. I don't know if you take it back and the flame extinguishes or if you extinguish it before you take the shot. I don't know. But yeah. they would light it on fire and it was a whole thing. Like I was like a kid and there'd just be like 20 adults around the dining room table and they're all yelling Sambuca, like <laughs> lighting their shots on fire. The the thing that I read about this, so I looked it up. I'm like, do people light Sambuca on fire? The way that you serve Sambuca, it says a serving of Sambuca can be a shot with seven coffee beans representing the seven hills of Rome. Not to be confused with the seven hills of Formica. <laughs> Likewise, a shot with one coffee bean is called con la mushka. Like a bug? Mushka? With the fly. So you would order Zambuca con la mushka. Zambuca with the fly. And it would be, uh, they'd bring you out a shot of Zambuca with one coffee bean in it. Oh my God, that's so funny. In case you guys were looking for new recommendations when you go to the bar. (laughs) Zambuca con la mushka. (laughs) The Zambuca with the fly. I don't know what the one coffee bean does for the drink, but one coffee bean floating around in there. And it says the traditional serving is with three coffee beans, each representing health, happiness, and prosperity. The shot may be ignited to toast the coffee beans with the flame extinguished immediately before drinking. So my family, I don't think, was ever putting coffee beans in there. Yeah, no, they probably wouldn't be wasting coffee beans. I don't think they had coffee beans, just like a whole bean like lying around. Like they were drinking instant coffee. They were drinking Sanka. (laughs) Sanka, yeah. Wait, so is that why, like, when you guys get, like, your espresso martinis, whatever, and they have, because I don't do any of those stuff, and they have the three beans, do you think that's what that means? Oh, I don't know. So that was the first time I had heard of that. So health, happiness, and prosperity, three beans. Like, I'm only going to put three beans in my drink now. Because when you guys get, like, your martinis, your espressos, whatever, there's always three beans in it, right? I've never counted, but it sounds Uh, sounds right. I always thought there was three. I'm going to start ordering con la mushka. Especially yeah. martini con la mushka, please. Please do it. But they only give me one bean, though. So is it I just know. the health? Is it just the health? You got to pick which one you want. Oh, yeah. So health, happiness, or prosperity. Which would you choose? Health. It wouldn't be like my parents right now. If you don't have your health, what do you have? <laughs> that's, such a, that's such a mom and dad saying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So I thought that was an interesting, like an interesting side tangent on Sambuca. But the Portuguese, the way they do the anise liqueur is different. So all the Mediterranean countries all have it's popular. The anise, anise liqueur, it's like a licorice type flavor, I think. But the Portuguese go one step further and they say, let's crystallize this bitch. Woo. Woo, woo. Yep. They put the whole <laughs> they put the whole twig. Yeah, we do. From the anise plant or whatever it is. They put the whole twig in the bottle and they put so much effing sugar in there so that it starts to crystallize on this branch. And that that twig gives it the structure for the sugar to crystallize on. Isn't that crazy? I just remember growing up seeing like just having bottles of that like everywhere. And I'm just like, it's like, I would be like, oh my God, it's like crystals in there. <laughs> Right. Like, isn't this like such like a vivid memory for yeah. you? Of just like every house you went to just had this crystallized bottle of anise. Yeah. It's like a clear bottle with a gold like cover, I think, on top of it, like a gold cap. And obviously like the label, but you could see like you could see the crystals. Like, right. Right. 
And it's so funny because the all the other countries who drink it, like they're not doing that. Why are we the right. only ones crystallizing? Yeah. It's so weird. So I remember going on like school field trips and we got like the crystallized can, you know, like the crystal candies. And I just remember being like, oh my God, I'm eating, <laughs> I'm eating like what my parents have. <laughs> the rock candies on a stick. Yes. I thought I was like, I just related them both. And I'm like, oh, they got to be the same thing, right? Because this looks exactly like that bottle. <laughs> just a rock candy. And I mean, pretty much this is kind of yeah. the same thing. <laughs> so when I was at the winery that I got these like maraksha and pineapple liqueurs from in San Miguel, the guy was talking to me about his Anish bottle that he had there and the crystals. And I forget what he said, but like, for the actual amount, because I asked him, like, how much sugar do you need to put in there for that to happen to it? Because he had both like crystallized and non-crystallized. Yeah. The answer was basically a fuck ton without him saying a fuck ton. And then I asked him how long it took to crystallize, because I think what he had bottled there didn't have crystals in it yet. And I, okay. I remember him telling me this will form crystals. But I couldn't like... I couldn't remember how long he told me that process was for because it's not like instant. Like it's not just like as soon as it's bottled, like there's already crystals there. Like they grow and form in there over time. So I wonder if my parents will make that anytime soon. If they'll make it. Yeah. (laughs) They're always making something. So the thing that's really funny is when you start Googling it, like this like Reddit thread comes up and it's like somebody has a picture of this like crystallized bottle of anise and they're like, I don't know what's wrong with this. My liquor bottle just I just looked at it and all of a sudden it started growing these crystals or like whatever it was. (laughs) Like all this shit is growing inside my bottle. Like, what is this? And then like people are in the comments and like, oh, my God, it is so funny. Like they had no idea. They're like, throw it out. Call call the manufacturer. (laughs) You should get your money back. Send it over to a Portuguese house. They know what it is. Right. Like people pay good money for that crystallization. <laughs> Call the manufacturer. Uh, Send them a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I just freaking died. Yeah, those models, though, are like so pretty. I mean, like, it's just, I don't know. They're just like kind of so pretty to look at. You're just like, oh, my God. It's just all these crystals in a bottle. I remember being mesmerized by them. Yeah. Like at my my great grandfather had a bar, this giant bar in mm. the downstairs of his house, and I would go over and I would literally just sit and just like stare up there at, at the bottles, specifically yeah. these crystallized bottles and like whatever other. I'm trying to. Th- I don't know if they had any other weird ones that had like stuff inside, but I feel like there were. I'm sure there was, but the crystal ones was really. Oh, it was like, the best. I remember in that one, yeah. Right. The next thing is. This was a bottle that I saw of liqueur in a store when I was walking around Ponta Delgada. And it was called Umnen Mija. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no, I don't think I have. <laughs> but I love the, <laughs> the name. It's called Umnen Mija, literally fucking little boy piss. And it has like a little <laughs> picture of like a little like cherub angel looking boy on the oh. bottle. Oh. And I'm like, what is this about? The freaking little boy piss liquor? Like, what? what is this? So obviously I Googled it and it's a whole thing. Your FBI search, your search is for the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> You're already on a high alert. <laughs> oh, no, I know. <laughs> I looked it up and it's a tradition. For Portuguese people, and I don't know if it's Azorian or Continental or both, when they go and do like Christmas visitas, yeah, they knock on the door, and the person who's sitting there with their little spread of you know liqueurs and vige, they open the door, and the person that showed up at the door says "Umnen Mija," does a little boy piss, and then the person says <gasps> "Yeah," and then they come in, and then they serve them all this liqueur. Random like assortment of liqueurs. I that think they I have. remember this now. I remember doing this when I went in eighth grade for Christmas. You went knocking around asking if the little boy pissed. <laughs> I know. I, I gotta ask my cousin if we said that though. I remember my cousin knocking on the door because we did this for Christmas. We went around everyone's houses and we knocked. I was in eighth grade, so I was young, not obviously able to drink, and I was taking shots while I was over there. <laughs> and now I want. Now I gotta. I gotta ask. I gotta find out if that's what they said. Again, it's it's not 
I, I'm not sure if it's Azorian right. continental or both, but is that not the most Azorian thing you've ever heard? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how crude and vulgar. Like you just go up knocking on the door and be like, does the, kid piss? Does, the, does the little boy piss? Yeah, come on in. And then you just start pouring him a freaking drink. A calzang. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I got I remember that Christmas. I I definitely had a lot of shots and I was in eighth grade. I just keep saying that. I remember like telling my cousins, I can't drink this. I can't drink this. And they just like had me keep drinking. <laughs> Dude, but like that so there's a trend going around on TikTok and it's like I can't date out of my culture because and then you like insert something weird about your culture that you'd have to explain to somebody that you oh, don't want to have to so explain good. to somebody. So good. Yeah. They're so good. They're really actually really funny videos that people make about it. Right before we hopped on to record this podcast, I made one that said, Oh, did you? I, yes. I said I married outside of my culture and now I have to explain why we we go and ask if the little boy pissed as a Christmas greeting. <laughs> yes. I mean I'm sure the Portuguese we could come up with a whole bunch of those, I'm sure. Oh yeah. But I thought that was like a really funny trend and this fit that so perfectly. Like how do you explain that to somebody outside of your culture? How do you explain to somebody that you're going to get a, going to watch a pig get slaughtered? Then right. You can eat it afterwards. Right. Most Americans would be calling PETA <laughs> PETA <hot> number. <laughs> exactly. Be like they actually sit next to the slaughtered pig and eat the pig. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna try maraksha next Hi. guys i just finished my my one little calzang of ananaj and now we're gonna do a little glug glug i feel left out dang sounds like a Misha. <laughs> oh i heard that you heard the glugs it was like stuck it's one of those like weird tops that's supposed to come out slowly i guess because they don't want you just drinking the maraksha like juice but <laughs> it wasn't coming out at all it's out. And so the Menain Misha, they made their own little like, so that was like a traditional saying Christmas type of tradition. But then, of course, somebody decided they were going to commercialize and bottle that shit and they made a Menain Misha liqueur. So, uh, God, it's always, yes, I was going to say, it's always. Even the Portuguese not immune to capitalism. So the next one that I have is Beirão. Have you heard of Bitto? That's like a very popular liqueur, right? My dad drinks this one. Everybody drinks Bitto, yeah, right? Yeah. I was like, let's learn a little about Bitto. Produced in the 19th century as a medicinal product for stomach aches. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he, that's its origin. <laughs> it was for stomach aches. So is that why my dad drinks it? I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's, you wonder why everybody is like, an alcoholic or addicted to this shit because they were literally brought up. Not that your dad was brought up in the 19th century, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, practically. (laughs) It was developed as a stomach ache medicinal product or produced by a pharmacy in Portugal until the late 19th century when alcoholic beverages no longer qualified as medicinal. (laughs) Uh, They got put the kibosh on medicinal use. They sure did. And then in 1929, so they they kept whoever was making it, they kept like a small little batch situation going like off to the side somewhere. Of course. Of and then course. in 1929, the liqueur entered a contest on the second bit of Congress where it earned a gold medal. And that's how it earned its name. So the guy who created it and the guy who was producing it at this time was big on advertising and billboards. And it was like the first like use of that type of advertisement in Portugal was for Bidon. Like just like yeah. billboards for Bidon. That's how it became so popularized because it's like the okay. number one liquor for Portugal. There was a saying or a punchline at the time and it was So the one from Beira, which is the location that it was from the yeah. one from Beta that everybody likes, which was sh- throwing shade to Salazar, who was the one from Beta, which not everybody likes. Oh, oh shit. shit. Look at that. Look at that shade. Check out that tea. Well, I'm shady. 
<laughs> oh, that's a good one, though. That's good. Isn't that great? That's that's good. That was clever. I like that. And so, Beron, the way it's made, is it's a secret recipe of 13 different aromatic seeds, herbs, and spices. 13. Posa. <laughs> So it's basically Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Good ad. Colonel Sanders, KFC, <laughs> and Biddle. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. I don't have a drink, but cheers. <laughs> That's my liqueurs. I did want to just touch on fruitcake. I'm going to call it fruitcake. Yeah. The bouillé. Yeah, my mom just made this actually. The king's bull, the king's cake, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so my grandmother always had it around on her tables. It looked nasty. It looked like it had all these freaking fruit pieces just like obscurely stuck into it, right? Like it didn't yeah. look good. Gross. Your mom just made it? Yeah. Like yesterday? She actually she was prepping it yesterday. So she made it this morning today. I haven't seen it yet. It's like crap, and uh, she was like cutting up her little like fruit feet last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I haven't seen it yet, but I don't eat it. Do you eat it? I feel like nobody eats it. I feel like that's one of those cakes that just sits on the table. Yeah, it's with the, with the saran wrap still on it, and nobody takes a bite. Yeah, I think my mom even like cut up some walnuts because I think she added some walnuts in it. Yeah, I don't know if that's like the meat. I don't know. I don't know if I know it's just fruit mainly, but I think she added some like walnuts into it. So she was like cutting that up last night. So I know she made it. She must have made it today. Right. Cutting it up last night. I feel like they always like my grandmother, when she would make a cake like that of any kind, she makes other cakes that are more plain, but she would always like, like they put it out on the table with the saran wrap. Right. Yeah. But then they'll cut a slice. They'll cut like one slice of the cake and like leave it there. So there's like one pre-cut slice. And then the rest <laughs> of the cake is like whole. <laughs> and then it's like, it, it never goes though. It never does. Like I don't know why she made that. I'm not touching it. It's so true. I <laughs> so I had to look up. I'm like, what's the story behind this? This bull ray, right? Yeah. And it's about like the three kings, and yeah. they were traveling with their gifts to Jesus, right? And they were arguing apparently about who was going to give their gift to Jesus first. What an argument <laughs> to have. And so along their journey, as they're making the making my way downtown through the desert, right? Yeah. They stopped into like a baker's house or a bakery. I don't know. And this guy was like, oh, I know how we're going to solve this problem. I know exactly how we're going to figure out which one of you is going to be able to give the gift first to Jesus. He said, I'm going to bake this cake and I'm going to throw one bean in it. One fava bean. One bean. And who we're gonna we're just gonna cook it up. We don't know where the bean is in the cake. We're gonna cut the slices. We're gonna give each of you a slice. Whoever gets the bean is the winner. I just I'm sorry, but I feel like there's just easier ways. <laughs> the whole cake, I mean like rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> right. You'd be done in 20 seconds without all the waste of ingredients. <laughs> it's just easier. It's just easier ways to figure out who's gonna go first <laughs> how do you deal so you bake that whole ass cake and now you've established first place who's gonna give their gift to jesus first but there's still two more kings right yeah so you, so you gotta bake a second cake with one more fava bean <laughs> so new orleans from mardi gras they have they have a king cake too and i already forgot the meaning of it because it's been a few years since i like looked it up i looked it up when i went out there for mardi gras and they have like a little uh little toy baby in the cake so it's just like so i it's it means something so sorry because i love new orleans it means something when if you cut the piece of the cake the king cake and the, you have the baby it's supposed to mean something i don't know exactly top of my head so it's pretty similar to this story here <laughs> it means you're pregnant <laughs> nope nope nope, nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no thank you so it's similar to that so i wonder if I almost thought you were going to say, instead of a bean, I almost thought you were going to say a baby. <laughs> well, so I think the original story, you know, from the Three Kings days was a bean, right? Okay. But yeah. then they say that, like, 
nowadays when people do it, they'll put coins or like trinkets and like different things in there. That's not a bean. And like, that's like, a, I don't know. It's like a crackerjack box. Like it's like your special surprise when you eat that piece of cake, but like someone's going to break a tooth. Yeah. And that would be my luck. Cause that's the story of my life. I just don't think I want like a cake with coins in them. Like a dirty penny. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you, like, no, maybe that's why nobody eats the fucking gate and it always stays on the table. Dude, if you were dating somebody and they gave you a bull tray and it had an engagement <laughs> ring in your slice of cake, what would you do? <laughs> that's a good question. Is that a deal breaker? I might have to pack my bags and go. Because <laughs> first of all, why are you making the brew cake that I don't eat? Put it in a cannoli for me, at least. <laughs> so I don't know. That would be a deal breaker. Oh, my God. Just you're going to get engaged with a bull tray. I just know it. <laughs> I would run. I would run. It's sad because like, no one does eat that cake. It feels so bad. I'm going to eat it this year. <laughs> so I need to show you something. <laughs> Let me move my, my planta, my poinsettia out of the way. I'm going to show Kelly something right now. I have, I'm in possession of this. <laughs> is that a fucking cake? So this is not Portuguese. This is Italian. Okay. But this has the same motherfucking vibes as a bull tray. Yes, okay? it does. This was given, hopefully, whoever my husband's client was that gave this to him as a Christmas gift is not listening. But... <laughs> It was very nice of them. They gave this lovely gift basket of all these like Italian straight from Italy treats. Oh, nice. That's really nice. There was this big bowl in there and there was a couple other things like some like almond biscotti looking things, whatever, mm -hmm. some chocolate. It was all it was super cute. This this bowl was in there. We just got it yesterday. I was going to say, well, so you were way too prepped for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go out and buy that today? No. So this this just showed up in my house yesterday, this bull. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? I'm like, I'm going to try it. Like, I'm all about trying different cultures, things and whatever. So I'm like, well, it kind of it looks like a masa. Yeah, it does. Yeah. This particular one that I have, this Italian thing. And it's called a pan pantoni is what it's called. Yes. It's called pantoni. I have to say it like that with the accent. And <laughs> And I was like, it looks kind of like a sweet bread, but then it has like the weird like fruit ass pieces like sticking out everywhere. Yeah. So I'm like, what is the vibes here? So I cut it open and had a slice yesterday and the bread itself tastes like sweet bread. Okay. The little cakier consistency, but not quite. It tastes like it has the taste of gushed sweet bread, but they put so many motherfucking oranges in this thing. It is so citrusy. Uh... It's it's like very orangey. Yeah. Like you feel like you were just sucking on, a, on an orange peel. Yeah, fruit's a big turn off for me in my cakes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. This thing ha seems to look like it has like like you said, like some nuts and some raisins and some orange or citrus in it. Super cute. Super cute. And if it were not for the overpowering citrus. I'd be like, this is good. I can eat this. This is great. Do you feel like you're eating Sunny D? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like Sunny less. D, Sunny D would have been an improvement because it's like yeah. straight, like like orange peel. Like it feels uh, like gotcha, gotcha. Like it's just lots of orange. <laughs> and so I I looked up this pantone to see what the deal is with this pantone. <laughs> it was mostly because I needed to figure out how to pronounce it because I was looking at it like pantone. But it's Fantoni and the story, the stories behind all this share are so ridiculous. So like it was some royalty person maybe, and they had a chef, private chef cooking for them. And the chef accidentally, and I'm, I'm going off of my memory here. So like, I don't know, right. take, take, take all these details with a grain of salt, <laughs> but the chef accidentally burned the dessert that he was going to be making for this family this royalty that he had yeah. been hired to cook for and he was like oh shit i burnt a dessert and then he looked over at this guy tony 
And I don't know what Tony's role was in the household, but Tony was like, just, he was Chilling around. In the kitchen. He's, yeah. I think he was also part of the help. Okay. And he was like, Tony, can you help me? Like, I need to make a new dessert. And Tony had like, just randomly whips out all these ingredients and just like throws them all together. Throws some fruit, sprinkles a little razzle dazzle fruit on the top and made this bowl. Oh. That same bowl that you have at your de- on your desk. <laughs> Tony didn't make this particular bowl, but he made he invented this bowl. Okay, and it's literally called pane or pani is bread in yeah. Italian, and so it's pani di Tony, pantoni. It's Tony's <laughs> Tony's bread. Tony's bread. <laughs> If if you translated that American, like they would just they would just call it would be Tony's bread in like in English. That's how they would sell it and market it. Tony's bread. Come get your Tony's bread. Pantoni. Yeah. Yes. So if anybody Italian is listening to this, they're gonna be like, homegirl is butchering that shit. <laughs> Pantoni feels like a hybrid of sweet bread and bullfray. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's a little little weird mix, but... Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to make a sweet bread this weekend. You are. Mm -hmm. I love that you... I love that you try to do it. I know, like, you did it a couple of times. You weren't happy with it. And you Um, keep doing it. I wasn't happy with it is a really nice way of saying (laughs) it was raw on the inside still. (laughs) Well, you know, you tried. It was, and it was your first attempt too, right? That was my first attempt. Your first yes. attempt. It was yes. raw inside. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna make it again. I had a perfectly what looked like a perfectly cooked, yeah, it did. perfectly browned masa, and I cut a slice, and all the raw dough just poured out of the middle of the masa. <laughs> so we're gonna go round two. Round two Moss is tricky. Moss can be yes. tricky. I'm excited. I want. I can't wait to see it. I'm sure it's I'm gonna, gonna try. Come out good. Yep. My mom got me all the like the specific right ingredients, the right kind of flour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Specifically from the Portuguese store, she went and got like the right flour and the right Aww. yeast specifically to make the masa and the right masa panish because the pan is like half the battle. Yeah, having the yeah, right. Yeah, but it looks like a dog bowl, but it's. Yeah, I just remember too, like when my mom makes it, I obviously I don't make it, but when my mom makes it, she like covers it with blanket. Oh, yeah, to make it yeah. rise. Yeah, like yeah, while yeah, it's to rising. Make it rise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It like yep. throws me off because I'm like, what the hell? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I will be buttoning down my masa with blankets. And we'll see how bad it tastes. Last time, I don't know what happened. I think my yeast was a situation and the yeast, I think, consumes the sugar. Didn't you say the yeast was expired? (laughs) Okay, so the yeast was was five years past the expiration date. So I used two packets instead of one because I was like, I'll just double down because it's probably less effective. And then I guess there's this thing where you can like over yeast it. Oh, all right, makes sense. Then the yeast, like I think you have to find some kind of yeast sugar equilibrium. But like then my yeast started being like yum yum yum. Let me eat all that sugar. So like the the sweet taste was gone, and it tasted like a fucking Bud Light. My my masa tasted like a cerveza. Okay, (laughs) it was too yeasty. You could have just gave it to your dad, or like give it to my dad. Be like, yo, (laughs) you can eat your carbs. It was not good. <laughs> oh, but you'll have, I'm sure you'll have luck this weekend when you do it. Your mom will tell you all the right stuff. You know how to do it. Hope for the best. Pray for the best. We will let you know. By the time this episode airs, I will have already I'm made already masa. Made yep. So we'll so find out. Yeah. We're going to fuck around and find out. <laughs> so that's. All I've got for today, with the exception that we'll do like a little mini mental health segment. 
lines is just something as simple as just watching Christmas movies, just trying to keep on theme and to name some of my some of my favorite Christmas movies are the Santa Claus, all of them, Elf, Christmas Vacation, The Holiday, Jingle All the Way is one of my good favorites. Home Alone, obviously, for my hat from the Kevin McAllister hat on. I just watched the Home Alone movies with my daughter and she there are songs in it that she's only heard from that movie. So now her association to the song is like, I think there's a song like Run, Run, Rudolph. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know which uh, movie it's in, but he's being chased maybe through the airport or something or. I think so. The second one, maybe. And it's like the Run Run Rudolph song is on. So like I was playing Christmas music just the other day and the Run Run Rudolph song came on and she was like, Mommy, this is the Home Alone scene where they're running and they're getting chased by the bad guy. Run Run Rudolph. My dad just recently thought Home Alone was like a new movie. He did not know. So he watched it a couple of Christmases ago. He found it on his own and he started watching it. And so he was all excited when I got home from work to tell me years ago and i'm like it broke my heart to be like that is not new <laughs> he was like kelly i found this new movie you're gonna like it's a, it's a christmas movie tell me and you know he's explaining everything he's like these two guys are trying to rob this kid because he's by himself so as he's going on with the thing i'm like oh it's gonna be home alone and i was like that that movie's fucking old he's like that kid's my age <laughs> or even older it broke my heart i was like dad why do you think like yeah, no, there's no cell phones to call the parents. Like, you weren't thinking any of that. Oh, he thought it was, like, just, like, a period piece, like, said <laughs> in the 90s. I mean, yeah, I felt bad when I was like, oh, it's not new, Dad. <laughs> new for you, though. New for you. So there were no Hallmark movies on your list? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm over, I, I like the Hallmark movies. But because I'm single and alone. <laughs> None of your <laughs> movies were about finding love. <laughs> those movies are annoying me right, as of right now. Because <laughs> they all find their love at the end and it's just not realistic. But I do, I do like an occasional Hallmark movie. So for Kelly's mental health, she <laughs> avoids, she avoids rom-coms. Sorry. <laughs> That's her tip. That's the real tip hidden in the <laughs> tip. <laughs> during, during the holiday season. Yep. Avoid the rom-coms. So my mental health. I forgot it. I just forgot it. I had one. <laughs> I had one. And I that happens to me sometimes. Oh, so it was about kind of the winter season, because if we're going to talk mental health, like we have just kind of entered in like the darkest, dreariest days of the, the winter. We're approaching the shortest day of the year and all that. And it's just just so dark so early. It's like depression season. It's just cold, miserable, dark, just awful. And so my mental health tip is to try to do some small things that make it feel like you're not in winter. Like, so tonight I went outside and grilled. Okay. (laughs) You know, like it's like 20 degrees out. And there's snow on my grill. There's like ice on the deck. And I freaking just went out there in my little pontoon fish and then I lit up the grill. And we we actually grill like every night in the winter. Like we we grill all through the winter. I love that. I like I lifted up the freaking grill with all the snow on it. I turned the thing on. I came back by the time it was done preheating, all the snow had melted off the top. You know, it was yeah. just wonderful went out there and grilled and I'm like this is so badass like you know what I mean like us New Englanders and people who live in this type of climate with the seasons we're just built different we're just built different we're out there just freaking flipping burgers like like it ain't no thing we really are just try to do little things like that that kind of like try to offset seasonal depression you can't just be like oh no I can't eat grilled food until till the summer rolls back around again no I'm gonna freaking eat it all winter long just because it's like like a little thing that gives you joy, you know? Can you figure out a way that I can still get sun during the winter? (laughs) (laughs) So they have those lamps, those like special lamps. Oh, I think so. Like the heat, like the red, ultraviolet, like whatever, those type of lamps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I am too pasty white. Don't go tanning. 
Don't no, do that. No, absolutely not. No. Don't do that. No, That's, I don't do that. That was that was irreparable damage to our home. <laughs> I know. And we started young. That was bad. We just like had our like I just remember the tenant's lawn that I went to and they needed my parents, my mom's signature, so because I was like underage and here I am, my mom's just signed in. My mom has no idea why. <laughs> awful, awful, awful. So bad. Yeah, don't don't tan, but I don't I don't know how what other little ways you can use to kind of just you know still go outside go on walks like that kind of thing it sucks when it's dark out i'm not gonna lie but get a headlamp (laughs) do your thing like just try to do something that's not just being stuck inside physically in the house like in the dark all the time you know yeah that's all i got all right guys thanks for listening and just you know share this with your friends leave us a rating leave us a review that would be great So it's about that time. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast, please just give us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. You can also visit our website. It's folkandfad.com. We have transcripts available there of every episode. And you can also send us an email, mail at folkandfad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Same handle there, folkandfad. And for Instagram, you can follow us at underscore it's called culture.